This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Ghana, voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. Sing about the valley of the dry bones. Ezekiel prophesied the bones would live again. He said that the bones would walk around. Now hear the word of the Lord. Ezekiel connected them. Try bones, Ezekiel connected them. Try bones, Ezekiel connected them. Try bones, now hear the word of the Lord. The toe bone connected to the foot bone. The foot bone connected to the ankle bone. The ankle bone connected to the leg bone. The leg bone connected to the knee bone. The knee bone connected to the thigh bone. The thigh bone connected to the hip bone. The hip bone connected to the Backbone, the backbone connected to the shoulder bone, the shoulder bone connected to the neck bone, the neck bone connected to the head bone. Now hear the word of the Lord. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Now hear the word of the Lord. Disconnect them bones, them dry bones. Disconnect them bones, them dry bones. Disconnect. Them bones, them dry bones. Now hear the word of the Lord. The head bone connected from the neck bone. The neck bone connected from the shoulder bone. The shoulder bone connected from the back bone. The back bone connected from the hip bone. The hip bone connected from the thigh bone. The thigh bone connected from the knee bone. The knee bone connected from the leg bone. The leg bone connected from the ankle bone. The ankle bone connected from the foot bone. The foot bone connected from the toe bone. Now hear the word of the Lord. Them bones, them bones gonna live again. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna praise the Lord. Now hear the word of the Lord. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Them bones, them dry bones. Dear friend, welcome to Reflections. This season, we have for you a series of thought nuggets. Today's nugget is titled, Seeing Through the Dark. A life without hope is a futile existence. When we think or feel that we have nothing to hope for in life, whether in our prospects, studies, relationships, finances, health, or spiritual lives, we inevitably grow depressed and desperate. These feelings of dejection, anxiety, or desperation can result in bitterness, resentment, 
hatred of life and, in some cases, can even lead to suicide. This is why the word hopeless is written across the details of almost every suicide or murder suicide. But to have hope is to have life. For hope is the lens through which we view the future. It is the eye that enables us to see through the dark. Hope is a God-inspired confidence that, regardless of present circumstances, all will be well. And I repeat, hope is a God-inspired confidence that, regardless of present circumstances, all will be well. For more nuggets by Dr. Pipim, please visit eaglesonline.org and click on Weekly Thought Nuggets. My name is Margaret Abebrese. I am the presenter and thank you for listening. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Note down this quotation and read afterwards. That is Psalm 139. Read from chapter 1 to the last verse. The verse 1 to 24. Examine yourself. Sometimes our sins can block answers to prayer. Let the prayer of the psalmist be one of yours. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Remember, God is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. God knows us. God is with us. And His greatest gift is to allow us to know Him. He is ready to search you. Examine yourself. And if you cannot find anything, ask God to search yourself. And then... Ask him for forgiveness so that your prayers will be answered. God bless you. I am Belle Dollarville.
Hello, lovely people. God has blessed us and He has given us the grace to come under His throne to share this wonderful message with you. May His name be praised. Amen. I am Sandra Ahia, and with me here is our own Pastor William Opondankwa. Please, you are welcome. Thank you. Paul in the mission field is our lesson topic for today. But before we go through this lesson, let's offer a word of prayer. King Jesus, we're here to share a word with your people. Bless us and take control of whatever we are about to do here. May your will be done in our lives now and forevermore. Amen. Paul in the mission field. From Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. That is recorded in the books of Romans chapter 15 verse 19. According to the text that I just read, what crucial elements for any kind of mission work can we find in it? So we are continuing with our studies. We are looking at Arthur's background who was called by God to be a missionary to the Gentiles. So we are looking at, that's what we've gone through the whole week. Today we are looking at Paul in the mission field. So now Paul has been called, he's uh, now seen as a missionary. Let's look at what he actually preached in the mission field. That's what we are looking at today. Paul in the mission field, his preaching was on Jesus, not himself, not any other thing. The center of all his preachings, all the doctrines he gave out was about Jesus and Jesus only. This is one crucial thing we should know as missionaries. With our preachings, we are to project Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one we are going to preach. Spend time. Let the people get to know Jesus, his crucifixion, and the salvation he gives to us freely. That was central to Paul's preaching. Wherever he went, he was preaching about Jesus and Jesus being crucified. Aside to talking more of Jesus, he still pointed them to other things they should know. But the center of his preaching was about Jesus Christ. What do we go to preach? Paul hided self and he presented Jesus Christ. We are to do same. Our sermon, our presentations in the field should be Jesus and Jesus only. And that's what Paul did. Secondly, what we, we can't learn from Paul in the mission field also is central to his work was to raise up churches, to start Christian communities, region by region, without his part of the world. So his was not just preaching. He was interested. I've been to this town. I've preached the gospel to them. Do I just leave them alone? Paul will not do that. He will establish a church. Those who accept and, and he, he get them baptized, he form a church, a community of believers. And they start all over. He trains them as a church. So his was more into church planting, which is crucial to evangelistic mission. Ours is not just to preach. We ought to plant churches. That was what Paul did. First of all, he was preaching Jesus Christ. He was presenting, letting the people know about the God he's worshipping. That's the first crucial thing. The second thing he was doing also as a missionary was to plant church. He, he preached, people accept. Do you just leave them? Build a church. That's what he was doing. So in the truest sense, his work was church planting. He was planting church in, in all the areas he was moving to. He went to Corinth. He planted a church there. He, uh, in Ephesus, a church was already there. He still went there to adapt there. He moved to churches, uh, places. He plants churches. That's also a crucial thing. The third thing we can also see from Paul's work in the mission field was also Paul added what we call the pastoral care. 
edification, nurturing the churches. After planting the churches, he don't leave them alone. He, he, he brings in another dimension, which we call the other dimension, which we call the pastoral care. If preach, the people accept, he plants church, he still provides the fragile rule. He gives them the pastoral care. And he also makes sure that he edifies this church so that he can present them to Jesus Christ. At times, you see most missionaries, we go, we, we establish churches, we just leave them. We don't, we are not even in tune with with them again in contact how are they faring are they still in the faith we are not interested because we think ours is just to present the gospel we've done so so we are we are off so paul let's note these three crucial things he did and let's learn from him first he preached the gospel and he centered more on jesus christ those he believed who believed he formed a community that is the church after forming the church he nurtured them give them what we call the pastoral care he nurtured them so that they can grow in the new faith he has given to them that's that's the christian journey but now you could see that our evangelism is centered on the first thing we at times we go we present jesus and other ways we other means we try to baptize them but we don't provide the pastoral care it's also essential how do we nurture this new converts we go and we are happy to get the big numbers. Hundred people got baptized. But you see in few months, you see them leaving the church. It means we are not providing a pastoral care. We are not doing the third thing we are, we are to do. We are looking at Paul in the mission field. In the mission field, he presented Jesus Christ. He established churches and then he provided pastoral care. So they work there. But the, the issue now is, at times we get evangelistic team or evangelism team, they go, they proclaim the message. As they move to the district, the district is aware, but they leave all the work to them. And they present Jesus Christ. But after that, the church should be involved, even in the process of presenting the gospel. After that, they should also get them into the church, planting of church. If they are to build another church, they are to do it and provide that nurturing. That's what we are lacking now. Presently, we don't nurture them. We are not providing the pastoral care. We just preach. We get people in. We just leave them. Even in our local churches, we do have evangelism in our districts. We get people into the church. Give yourself few minds. You see them leaving because we are not providing the pastoral care. That's natural. We just leave them. Thank you so much for taking us through these wonderful messages. Dear friend, think about the last time you witnessed to someone in whatever capacity. How central was Jesus to what you said? How can you make sure that you always keep him central? Dear friend, this is a question we all need to answer. And I believe we will find answers to it because we are victims of such. Let us follow the footsteps of Paul and the good Lord will be so happy to see us do this wonderful works. Our pastor upon this note will give us his last words and then pray with us that whatever we have learned here today, let Paul be our role model. So we, we can see three elements in Paul's missionary activity. First, proclaiming Jesus Christ. His preaching was about Jesus. Second, church planting. He was planting churches. And thirdly, nurturing the established churches. He nurtured them. We ought to do same. Let's pray. King of kings and the Lord of laws, we thank you for the message you've given unto us. We thank you for teaching us these three basic elements in our missionary activities. We pray thee that you strengthen us so that we can abide by what we've learned. Lord Jesus, we commit in our day unto thy care. Our prayer this morning is let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or plus two three three two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five. Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our trouble. Hear our faintest cry, answer by and by. Feel a little prayer will turn in. Know a little fire is burning. Find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. I may have doubts and fears, my eyes may fill with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer, he knows my every care, and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Have a little talk with Jesus, tell him all about our trouble, hear our faintest cry, answer by and by. Find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Makes it right. Now let us have a little talk. Talk with Jesus. friend and welcome to the moment of truth we are continuing our lecture series which we have captioned hope for the dead dog we have dealt with uh, the condition 
of Melfiboshet, our character uh, for discussion today. And we gave you several reasons why he might have called himself a dead dog. And we told you that he was from a disgraced family. Second, he was from a doomed family. Third, he was from a destitute family. And fourth, he was in a deplorable condition. And I want us to consider how he was met up with hope. How hope was given to this man who had come from this terrible background. If you read verse 1 or verses 1 to 5, you understand that hope was extended to Mephibosheth. The Bible tells us that David sent for this man. And uh, he gave in verse 1 the reason for this hope. The reason for extending hope to this man who was in such a condition. David said that he wanted to show hope or to give grace to this person or to show kindness to, to Mephibosheth. And the reason he gave here is for Jonathan's sake. So verse 1 shows the reason for this hope. Kindness actually is the Old Testament word for grace. It means goodness, mercy, favor, loving kindness. Grace is often defined as the unmerited love and favor of God toward the undeserving. Grace is one person accepting another in a positive manner in spite of the unworthiness of the person being accepted. God extends his grace to the members of Adam's family. We do not deserve his grace, his love, and his mercy. In fact, if we receive what we deserved, we will receive judgment, damnation, and hell. For the Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. The Bible also says in Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4 that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Yet, God extends His amazing grace to us because of another. He reaches out to falling, depraved sinners because He loves His Son. And because Jesus died for us on the cross, neither you nor I have anything to merit us to God. But because of Jesus, we can experience God's amazing grace. Glory be to His name. No wonder it is called the Blessed Hope. The second point here is the reach of this hope. The reach of this hope. If you read verse 1 also, you understand the reach of this hope. When David decides to extend grace, he does so without any limits. He is looking for anyone that is left of the house of Saul. The house of Saul was the house of his predecessor and bitter enemy. But that did not matter. David also placed no limit on this hope. He was willing to extend it to any member of the house of Saul. I want you to understand that the key word in verse 1 is any. Any is the key word in verse 1. David was not looking for people who met a certain criteria. But anyone who was of the family of Saul was a candidate for grace. Thank God that our Lord's amazing grace knows no boundaries. It extends to all men regardless of their past, their race, their social standing, or their deeds. God does not reach out to save the righteous, but the sinner. Rome, I mean Mark chapter 2 verse 17. 
God extends His grace to whosoever will. Revelation chapter 21 verse 17 and Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. Praise God, there are no limits on who can come, but grace is extended to all who will. The next point I want to uh, 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 give is the response of this grace. You look at verses 1 to 5, you see the response of this grace. David discovers that one of Jonathan's sons is still living. He also hears the news that this man is crippled. Yet, the response of grace is not ask, uh, uh, it's not to ask what kind of man he is or even how bad he is crippled. Grace does not concern itself with the man's background, his surroundings, his abilities, his appearance, his future potential. The response of grace is to ask, where is he? It reminds me of God in the Garden of Eden. Where are you? God is not concerned with our condition. He wants to know where we are. Because the reach of grace is an inestimable extent of land. It passes every acres. As soon as David hears where this man is, he sends his servant to fetch him. Grace said, I am not concerned about his condition. I want him just as he is. That is the reach of grace. The reach of grace. We have looked at the fact that grace was extended from verse 1 to verse 5. Let's also look at the fact that grace is expanded. Grace is expanded. That is from verse 1 to verse uh, 13. Grace is expanded. David did not only call this man and uh, take him from Lodibar and put him in a very good condition, but he expanded this grace. We'll look at the expansion of grace in the life of Mephibosheth in our next lecture. May the Lord bless and guide and keep you as you keep the lively hope alive. May God bless and guide and keep you, friend. My name is Gemini G. Gete. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus 233-244-673528 or plus 233-244-235-017 or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF595. Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>